Welcome everybody to the Hacker Convo. Uh, for those of you who may be new to this, this is just sort of an impromptu, stripped down conversation between my brother and I, Mike. Uh, we started a blog years ago and we decided to continue, not the blog, <laughs> but uh, the conversation here on the podcast. The blog has fallen apart, but uh, it's always great to have Mike on to talk about different things. We, we cover all types of things. We, we've done leadership, apologetics. Um, sometimes we even get theological and uh, we don't only talk about sports, though. We, we do try. like to start out these conversations <laughs> talking about sports. But uh, it's good to have you back on the podcast, Mike. Good to be back. As always, I enjoy this every single time. Um, I, I truly look forward to this even though we really only do this about once every three years. Um, but in that time, it's, it's, it's really awesome. Yeah, I think last time I talked to you, you were a teenager, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I have a full-grown beard. <laughs> yeah, you were clean-shaven. Um, but it, it's good to have you on. I, I too, enjoy these. And, and hopefully somebody else out there, if nobody else does, don't really care. I'm, I enjoy it, and uh, I'll... I listen back to them, so it's great. We have a great but, time. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> whether they like it or not. Uh, but uh, it, it's great to have you on. Today we're talking about the book of Galatians. Um, so you are a Paul tragic for anyone who might have listened to these before. You're a big fan of of the man, the Apostle Paul. Uh, and today we're going to be diving into one of his books, talk about why it still matters today. So we like to start off these by um, Mike introducing the subject, and then we talk about it back and forth. So go ahead, Mike, to introduce the subject today. Yeah, uh, like you said, a uh, big fan of the Apostle Paul. Um, if you don't count Jesus, Paul would be my favorite person in the Bible. Um, in the book of Galatians, uh, I've recently gained um, a lot more respect for the book of Galatians. When when you really read it um, and break it down, it's it's pretty incredible book. Um, so it's, it's probably, uh, most people may not be aware that the book of Galatians is probably the earliest book, um, of the new Testament. Um, it was written before the gospels, before all of that. So we tend to think of the gospels as being first because mm. we look in the new Testament canon. And of course, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are first, but those were probably written a little bit later. Um, Paul, a lot of Paul's letters were written earlier. Um, mm-hmm. And there's good reason to believe that that Galatians was probably written um, around 49 AD. So we're talking about a mere 15 to 20 years after Jesus's death and resurrection. Um, so that's one of the things that fascinates me is when you look at um just to chase a little bit of a, a side trail here, but when you look at uh, writings in antiquity, most of them are written long after the subjects that they're talking about. Um, but Paul is writing probably a mere 15 to 20 years after um, Jesus has has been crucified and has been raised from the dead. Um, so that gives a lot of credence to what he's saying. Um, but even more than that, is the topic of the book of Galatians. Um, it's interesting because it's a book that's written to, uh, there, there are arguments about whether it's north, northern or southern Galatia. Um, there are different provinces and stuff like that um, in that area. 
but it is written to the Galatians um, and it is written to address a specific problem that that church is having, namely that there are these Jews that have uh, that have crept into the church and are um, trying to convince Gentiles that they have to be circumcised to be part of the family of God. If you, if you recall the Old Testament, uh, the, the, the way that you were set apart in the Old Testament, the way that you were considered to be part of the family of God in the Old Testament was through circumcision, um, mm-hmm. all the way from Abraham on down. Um, and so these Jews uh, tried to come into this church in Galatia and tried to impress on the Gentiles there that they had to be circumcised in order to be part of the family of God. And now these are these are Christians with Jewish heritage, right? So they're right. they're believing yeah. Christians, but they're trying to persuade Gentiles to act more like traditional Jewish yeah, culture. Exactly. So uh, what what. What gets lost in our thinking a lot of time being about 2,000 years removed from it is Christianity is a Jewish religion. It comes Mm -hmm. out of Judaism, uh, and really it started off as a branch of Judaism. It's Messianic Judaism is what it is. Um, And it's kind of of, uh, been cloned or been transformed into its own branch. Um, But originally, uh, the early church was pretty much... uh, the majority of the early church was Jewish. Um, and yeah. then because of the Apostle Paul um, reaching out to the Gentiles, why I'm such a big fan, uh, because we wouldn't be here today uh, if it wasn't for the Apostle Paul. Um, and he he reaches out into the Gentiles. He starts converting Gentiles. Um, and so these Jews, they're, they're, they're not against that. Um, obviously, in their thinking, they think of Gentiles as inferior um, and uh, 2,000 years later, they still think uh, very similarly. Um, but Paul has a real problem with this philosophy of, uh, of necessary circumcision. And, and so that's basically, if you read the book of Galatians, he does not hold punches. Uh, mm-hmm. he, does, he does not back down. Uh, he's very aggressive. And the reason is because in his mind, if you allow this doctrine to infiltrate the church, then you, you, you have allowed something that is not of Christ to infiltrate the church. Um, it was not in the mind of Jesus that, that in order to believe in him, you had to be circumcised. That was never anything that he preached. Um, it's certainly not anything that he ever believed. And so Paul is kind of following that example and and saying, now look, um, just because Gentiles have been grafted into the church and just because they have become part of what essentially was another branch of Judaism does not mean that they have to be circumcised because they are not under the law, but under grace. And so his whole point is to show that that just because um, the Jews pushed for circumcision does not mean that the Gentiles then had to go along with that type of thinking. And so he gets pretty combative if you've ever read the book of Galatians. I would challenge you to, to not 
just read it, but to actually study it. Look into what he's actually saying and the thing, the examples that he puts forth. Obviously, that's too much for this podcast, but um, the the arguments that he makes, the things that he says in the letter, uh, is pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's interesting when you read the epistles straight through. I remember last year I was doing this reading program that was super intense and reading like 10 chapters a day. And I would go through an entire book in one sitting. And it had been, I don't know if I'd ever done that. You know, you normally read it chapter by chapter, especially if you're doing like a yearly reading plan. You'll do the ones that are help you you know, mix things up, which I almost never do the straight through ones. I'll do the ones where it's like a little bit of the Old Testament, a little bit of the Psalms, a little bit of the New Testament. Right. And so it had been years since I'd actually read straight through it. And when you read straight through the epistle, you actually start getting a feel for what they're saying. It's not, mm. I think a lot of times we, um, when we're studying different epistles, we go chapter by chapter or section by section yeah. and we sort of lose the overall message. So it's good to uh, take a step back every once in a while, read through the epistle, and then you can actually see what Paul is really trying to get at, the overarching uh, message instead of just one scripture here, one scripture there, which it, it, it's good You know, sometimes when you're, you're doing um, topical preaching or whatnot, but if you're really trying to get at what the letter is really for, yeah, it's yeah. good to just read through it. So why do yeah. you think this is so important? Why, why do you think he dealt so harshly with it? You mentioned a little bit that it was uh, he didn't want to create any division within the church, um, that Jesus didn't highlight it, so he didn't want to highlight it. Yeah. Was there any other reason why you believe he was so aggressive on this? Yeah, I mean, I, I think in his mind, the, the thing that he was fearful of, um, that probably not a lot of people at the time really cared about, was losing the Gentiles. Um, Paul had this amazing vision. He, he uh, I, I mean, when you, when you think about it, he is absolutely remarkable and he is absolutely unique in his thinking, um, even to the point of being different probably than the other apostles. Now, I think that, that there was unity, obviously, and, and they thought similarly in doctrinal issues and stuff like that. Um, of course, you have the, the, the first general conference uh, in Acts chapter 15, where they kind of come together and hash this whole thing out. But Paul is really the one who sets that up. Paul mm. is, because of his preaching, because of his uh, his ministry, because of the fact that he's going around and doing these new and unique things, um, he has really set this up. And so in his mind, he I believe he did not want to lose the Gentiles. Um, now, again, you you have to put yourself back into this first century thinking. Paul was probably in the minority. As a matter of fact, I'm willing to say he was absolutely in the minority. Um, there, uh, of course, there were Jews who believed in converting Gentiles and stuff like that. But as far as changing the rules of the religion, there were very few Jews who were willing to do that. Well, and in so, their the reason this is so important is that it's not just a minor rule here or there. It's not just like, oh, you don't have to make this sacrifice. But this is very central to, yeah. as you pointed out at the beginning, it was very central to their covenant relationship with Yahweh. It's like, this is the sign yeah. that we are set apart. Yeah, Exactly. So in their minds, they're thinking this is, this is something that needs to be done. Um, and Paul 
has the vision and has the audacity to stand up and say, no, uh, just because this is how it's always been done doesn't mean that that's what we are doing now as Messiah people and as Christians. Things are different now. Things have changed now through the blood of Jesus, through the sacrifice of Jesus. We no longer have to do these physical signs and these other things um, that we had to do before because the blood of Jesus covers all of that. Um, mm. And so in his mind, to, to answer your question, I think why he viewed it as so important was that he did not want, um, he, he saw this as an intrusion into the truth. If you read Galatians chapter one, he, he says, though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. And then he repeats it. He says it again. Mm. And, and, and essentially what he's saying is he's, he's highlighting that way of thinking because he wants them to understand if anybody changes what we preach to you, then don't listen to it. It's mm. garbage. It's, it's nonsense. It needs to be thrown out. And, and the reason why he is so defensive is because uh, he's, he's literally, I think in his mind, he's literally fighting for their souls. Um, if if Gentiles are sitting here thinking, well, now we have to get circumcised and no one wants to go through that process. Let's be honest, especially as an adult, you don't yeah. want to go through that process. Um, he's thinking, well, we might start losing some of these people and all of it would be for nothing. It would because he didn't see it as central um, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's not central to the gospel of Jesus Christ. We understand that now. You, you know, we're we're 2,000 years removed. Um, so we tend to think of it as, well, duh, people don't need to be circumcised to be saved. You know, we understand that. But the reason we think that way is because of the Apostle Paul. And, and I don't think we understand that. When we go back and look at his letters, we don't understand that he is in the minority here. He is not. He is not preaching the majority of what people during his day thought. Um, and so when he comes out and says, no, this is not okay, he, he even goes so far as to confront Peter. Uh, there's mm -hmm. a story in, in Galatians that he tells of, of Peter um, abandoning the Gentiles to go eat with the Jews. So yeah. in, in his mind, he's seen there's this division here that's completely unnecessary, and Peter is feeding into it. Um, mm. by what, whether Peter realizes it or not, he is a leader. He is someone who people look at. And so when he reacts that way, then people, he even says, I think he says, uh, Barnabas was carried away with, with uh, doing what Peter did. And, mm. and essentially what he's saying, or I don't, I don't remember if it was Barnabas or someone else, but he named someone else and he says he was carried away with it. Um, and what he's saying is Peter is this, is, an excellent example of Christianity, except in this instance. And, and mm. he has the audacity. Now think about this. Peter is the, uh, the, the, really the, um, leader of the, I mean, it's hard to say that because James was the leader of the church in, uh, Jerusalem, but Peter is, seen as one of the guys. I, I mean, he's top two or three in the early Christian church. Um, and Paul, see, we tend to elevate Paul 
but Paul in his own day was probably not appreciated as much as some of these other guys. Well, Paul had to even highlight that um, that Jesus appeared to him as well. He yes. mentions that, but he didn't yes. walk with Jesus like the other disciples did. The main yeah, apostles he did. had to. Yeah, you're one hundred percent right. He had to make arguments to prove his apostleship. Uh, I believe it's to the Church of Corinth, and of course that's absurd. We we understand that that's absurd. Uh, Paul suffered just as much as the rest of them, and probably more so. Um, but during his time, his views were not as appreciated as they are today. Um, and so he confronts Peter. He says, I withstood Peter to the face because he was to be blamed. And, and what he was saying is Peter's drawing away these people into this way of thinking. And he looks at Peter and he says, you don't even follow this way of thinking. Uh, you, you don't even, he, he says, you as a Jew live like a Gentile. And yet you're trying to cause the Gentiles to live like Jews. And, and he confronts him in front of, probably in front of everyone. Mm. Um, and so again... And by, by that statement, what do, you, what do you think he means by that? As far as customs goes, as far as um, yeah, that sort of thing? So I think, I think Peter was obviously Jewish. But I think what Paul is saying is you're no longer living under the Torah. In, mm. Right? So you you no longer follow those things um, and you no longer um, look at that as the way of salvation. Yeah, you're not I making sacrifices for your sins. and, and Right. Sort of yes, exactly. Yeah. And so he's saying you're you're living like a Gentile and yet you're trying to cause you're trying to cause Gentiles to live like Jews. And, and, and in his mind, he's saying, well, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but- and so. The interesting thing about Peter is, um, yeah, he's such a complex character, which is why I, I like him. You know, I, I like I like Paul as well, but I, I just love the complex nature of Peter. And you know, he's the one who is bold and audacious. And on the day of Pentecost, he's the one that preached the promises to you, to your children, to mm-hmm. all that are far off, yep. as many as the Lord our God shall call. But then it wasn't till years the Bible. If you look at the the timeline, it's years later before the gospel even opens up to the Gentiles. Right when when God uses Peter to speak to Cornelius and yeah, yeah, and convicts him of it. So he's the one that actually really opened the door to the Gentiles for the first time. But it's funny that it, it, so we focus on Acts ten, but if you look at Acts eleven, he actually goes back to Jerusalem mm-hmm. and he has to explain <laughs> to the people there why he preached to the Gentiles. Right. He's like, "Well, they received the Spirit just like us. It fell on them. I had right. no control. I was just preaching. They received the Holy Spirit. What was I supposed to do? I had to baptize them. You know? Yeah. What do you and want me like, to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like Jesus in his day, he tore down all these cultural norms. He do- tore down all these traditions. Um, you know, yeah. he viewed people the same. Yes, he did talk about the chosen people of God, that sort of thing. Um, but it did take it did take his disciples, it took his apostles a bit to sort of break through some of these barriers that had been entrenched in their mind. I mean, you're talking about, I spoke about this the other day uh, in, in one of my messages, talking about how the woman in Samaria, the only reason Jesus had an interaction with her is because he purposed to go through Samaria. Whereas in that time, none of them would go through Samaria. They walked around it. And, and uh, we sometimes sidestep these issues that were going on in, in the background of all of these stories, in the background mm-hmm. of this explosive growth. But it's good to, uh, every once in a while, examine it and see it uh, for what it was and 
uh, I guess, appreciate Paul in a new light for, for what he accomplished through some of these epistles that he wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the reason why I'm such a big fan of Paul is, is number one, we wouldn't be here without Paul. Mm. Um, none of us, none of us Gentiles would be here without him and without his vision. And, but also the, the boldness that he had to stand up and say, no, this is wrong. You can't do this. And and that's why I love the book of Galatians because you can probably the main thing that I love the most about it is you can read Paul's feelings through that letter, maybe more than any other letter. Um, we tend to read some of these kind of stoically and, you know, thus saith the Lord and blah, 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 blah. When you read Galatians and you read how Paul talks in that letter and how he feels about things in that letter, you probably get the most real side out of him that you do in any other letter. And that's Mm -hmm. why I love it because he goes so far as to, I mean, I'm not going to say it over the podcast, but read the letter and see some of the things that he says. Um, he basically telling them that he wished that they were cut off, that they would cut themselves off <laughs> using kind of a play on words, you know? So, <laughs> I, I mean, so you see uh, kind of his sarcasm. <laughs> he mm. he's, seems like a very sarcastic kind of person. And basically what he's saying is you guys have come in and you've tried to pressure these poor people into doing this and they you're putting the cart before the horse here and not only that but you're preaching something that's not part of the gospel it's it's mm. not something that we preach uh as a unified message to the churches and and he has the apostles who kind of back him up on that fortunately for him if the apostles hadn't backed him up he probably would have stood on a ledge by himself um yeah but they came along they uh, they fortunately in Acts chapter 15, they back him up and the church booms and grows from there. But it, it starts with this, uh, this unbelievable stance and uh, determination that he shows in Galatians and in, in probably the book that is the earliest in the entire New Testament. Um, so, be- so before we unpack how that applies to us today, because we'll yeah. finish up with that. Uh, I do want to mention, um, just for those who who may not know or um, uh, haven't seen this before, but Paul even goes further when he's talking about circumcision. It's not in Galatians, but he unpacks it, I believe it's in Colossians, where he says that um, that spiritual circumcision or the circumcision that used to represent the old covenant um, that, that relationship between man and God, that separation uh, in the new covenant, in this in this new relationship, it, that spiritual circumcision is baptism, and then he, he unpacks that. and And the reason I want to mention that is because it just it's another layer as to the importance of baptism. Sometimes, yeah, um, we focus so much on the washing away of the sins. Uh, we focus on uh, new life, which is very much important, being part of being born again of the water and the spirit. But even deeper than that is this is the sign. Baptism 
in Jesus' name is the sign that you are in mm-hmm. this new covenant relationship with Jesus. Uh, yeah. Just as it was in the Old Testament, in the New Testament, it is baptism that has replaced that. Yep. It, yeah, it, it's the sign that you are part of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a, that's a really good point to bring up um, and show, like you said, just adds another layer to the importance of baptism. Um, because we, we tend to, again, being 2,000 years removed from this, we tend to trivialize things and simplify things. And it's like I said earlier, we tend to look at things and say, oh, well, duh, circumcision doesn't, you know, it's not necessary for salvation. We understand that. Well, that's that's only because people have come before us have fought those battles already. So some of these things that we look at as, as trivial um, and some of these things that we look at as, as, well, duh, you know, it's because people who came before us fought those battles and made sure mm. that we didn't have to go through that. And that's that's why Galatians is so, so important. We'll, we'll unpack it in a minute. But that's why it's so important, so vital, um, because this is the line in the sand in Paul's mind. This is where the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Well, why don't you go ahead and start unpacking it? Why, why does this yeah. matter to us? Why does um, his stance against this and, and the Scripture's the letter in Galatians out, outside of it being in our Bible. Why does it matter to us today? Yeah. So it's um, the, the letter itself is extremely important because it shows us the importance of standing against falsehood and standing up for truth. So Paul is facing this opposition in the churches in Galatia. And, and, and what he's doing is he's drawing a line in the sand. And he's saying, we didn't preach this to you. This isn't part of the gospel. This isn't part of the good news. And so we need to filter this out and we need to get rid of it. And, and he makes this incredibly strong stand. And it, it teaches us that it's okay to make a strong stand. When you see something that's wrong in the church or when you see something that's wrong in the world around you, it's okay to take a stand. Now, obviously, we don't we don't want to be rude about anything. We don't we don't want to, you know, uh, to, you know, disparage anyone or embarrass anyone or we're not about that. But when you look at, at, at some of the things that have attacked the church through the centuries, I am so thankful that there were men and women of God who were willing to stand up and say, you know what? No, that's not okay. No, we don't, we don't do that. That's not who we are. Uh, that's not, um, that's not what we stand for. Uh, that's not why Jesus died. That's not why he rose again. And that we first get the inclination of that in this letter in Galatians. And, and so when we realize and understand the importance of Galatians, it teaches us that, there are some things that are worth fighting for. Uh, I believe that there are some things that, you know, um, aren't really worth arguing about. <laughs> you know, like we could go into very specific scenarios, but I won't do Let's that. Let's not do that. Um, Please don't do yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. We won't do that. Um, <laughs> but there are some things that, that, that we could, we could fight about all day. And because mm. there's no scripture to back it up, 
then it's going to be difficult to prove either point, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what Paul is saying here is this is so against the will of God and the purpose of God. This is so against the gospel that I'm not going to stand for this. And I don't care. Paul said, Paul is essentially saying, I don't care if I stand by myself. I don't care if I'm the only one preaching this because that's how important it is. It's important to understand that you don't have to be circumcised to be part of the family of God. You don't have to be physically circumcised to be part of the family of God. We believe in baptism. We believe that you have to believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost and those types of things. But we don't believe in some of the old covenant ways of living. And so what he's saying is that there are some things that are okay and there are some things that are not okay. And when we when we really begin to break down his thinking in this letter, it teaches us that we can stand firmly in some areas. If it's backed up in scripture, you better stand firmly on it. If it mm-hmm. if it's something that Jesus Christ himself taught, you had better stand firmly on it because one of these days you're going to be judged whether you did or not. And that's just the reality of the matter. As a, as a preacher, uh, even as a, as a teacher or someone who teaches Bible studies or somebody who just talks about the word of God, we all have an obligation to preach what the scripture says. We don't have the right to add anything that we want to it or take anything away from it that we want to take away. Um, and so Paul is simply just standing up for the truth of the word of God and for the truth of the gospel. And so we we need to get this understanding, get this mindset that you don't have to be timid. If the Bible backs you up, you can be bold. You know, I, I think I, it's important that you keep highlighting if the Bible backs you up. Yes. Because I've seen people be very bold and very courageous and make very strong stands on things that aren't necessarily scriptural. And um, in, instead of, and I, I guess I'm looking at this and, and I don't want to confuse it with cheap grace or anything like that, but the way I'm looking at it is Paul is opening the door wider instead yes. of closing the door, you know? Yes. And he's saying, if we're going to close the door at all, if we're going to narrow the entry point at all, it needs to be based on something that Jesus said. It needs yeah. to be based on something that we all agree on together. Yeah. If there's going to be a narrowing, if, it, if it's going to be a, a, a barrier of entry put up. And that's kind of what I'm seeing here. It's like he's saying, well, I'm not going to major on this unless it's something that Jesus majored on, you know, right. or if it's something that we all have all come to an agreement on, because I don't want to throw up another barrier. I don't want to throw up another thing that's yep. going to keep someone from coming to to Jesus. He's trying to reach as many people as possible. And he's seeing this as a hindrance. And it's okay if that hindrance is scriptural. It's okay if that hindrance Mm -hmm. is something that, you know, baptism, right? You know, the church would grow faster if everyone didn't have to be baptized. But the scripture plainly states it needs to be baptized. Paul preached it. Paul practiced it. Um, Same with spirit infilling. You know, church would grow if we just said, have faith in Christ. That's all you got to do. And you'll mm-hmm. be saved, and and you don't have to uh, have a lifestyle of holiness, but you can just do your own thing. And so, but nobody taught that. the The apostles right. didn't teach that. They taught the lifestyle of holiness. They taught being spirit filled. They taught 
being baptized. But there are other things, and it seems like Paul's saying, this is something extra. We've got these things that, that we believe are scriptural that they need to do, but you're throwing something else in, in the way here, and I just don't see why we should do that if God has opened up the door to everybody. It's yeah. not just to the Jews only, but it's now to the Samaritans. It's now to the Gentiles. It's to whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord. Yeah, and, and you want to you want to know the irony that I see in all of this is that Paul was a former Pharisee. Yeah, I was going to highlight that earlier because, and, he, if, and then I, I left it, and I was like, "Well, I guess maybe he'll get to it," and, and he did get to it. Yeah, because yeah. he knew it better than everybody else. Like these yep. guys were unlearned uh, practitioners, pra- uh, practitioners, I guess, of of Judaism, whereas he was, you know, he was in in the uh, schools where Pharisee of the he Pharisees. was taught exactly. Yeah, yeah. So I'll and, let you unpack that instead of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what the. That's a really good point. The direction I was kind of going to kind of go is in Matthew 23, Jesus basically undresses the Pharisees. And one of the things that he says is, you bind heavy burdens and you lay them on men's shoulders. That's, that is what is so important about that passage. He's saying you bind these burdens and you lay them on men's shoulders. God doesn't do it. I'm not doing it. You're doing it. And, and so it's ironic that Paul is a Pharisee who Jesus would have accused of doing that, turns around and says, now, wait a minute, this isn't right. Like you said, we can't be throwing up barriers. You know, it, Jesus already talked about the way being narrow, straight as the gate. Why would I want to make it any more narrow? Why would mm-hmm. I want to why would I want to constrict it at all when it's already a difficult journey to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? It just is. It was in Paul's day, and it still is today. It's a difficult yeah. journey to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Why would I want to make that any more difficult for someone? And who am I to make that more difficult for someone? Uh, you know, if, if Jesus wants to come along and, and he wants to correct me and he wants to say, well, we need to do things this way, then fine. Of course, we follow that. But until he does that, and hmm. until he says that, we're going to continue to preach this where as many people as possible can accept and hear this message and believe it for themselves. And so, yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on the head with that. I think that's exactly what he's saying. When you make that point about, uh, and this is just us talking, but when you made that point about Jesus talking to the Pharisees and sort of exposing them, it makes you wonder how many times Paul actually was an audience with Jesus, but you know, didn't actually, you know, he wasn't a follower, obviously, but was in the room when these things were going on or was in the room when they were talking about something that he said and just the turn of heart that took place on that road to Damascus where mm-hmm. he was driven to destroy this man and everything that he stood for. And now it's a complete 180 where he is driven to bring as many people as he possibly could to follow this man that uh, the chances are he would have been in a room with him. Uh, obviously we don't have proof for that. Probably but at, some, at point. some point he would have heard him teach or heard him talk. Uh, you know, the, the area that we're talking about is not huge in population. It's a bit right. bigger now, but back then it would have been a lot smaller. He probably um, would have been younger, but he yeah. was, he was probably brought. He was brought up under Gamaliel, 
So he probably would have been in that area um, mm. when Jesus was there. He probably was definitely around uh, Passover weekend when Jesus was crucified, being a practicing Jew. Yeah. And if he was sitting under a teacher, he could have even been been there when all that was going down. But anyway, that's a, that's an aside. That's a that's an assumption. Uh, but uh, really uh, cool to unpack this and talk about this today. Uh, you know, we we do need to take stands, and, and whether that's within culture, we, we sort of all agree on that. Yes, we need to make stands within culture. But even sometimes uh, when it's painful, we even have to make a stand um, against maybe even fellow brothers and sisters who um, maybe trying to make it a bit more difficult. <laughs> I'm trying to use my words very uh, wisely here. Um, yeah. But, you know, we need to err on the side of grace, but not to the point where we're offering cheap grace or cheapening what Jesus did for us on Calvary. Was there anything else you wanted to leave us with, Mike, as we finish up today? Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I've loved talking about this. Um, it's one of the things that, that I'm passionate about. It's, it's one of the things that I've tried to learn um, in my life and in my ministry and my calling to show people as much grace as I can. And, and the way that I see it is if God is going to give them chance after chance after chance, if God is going to work with them and he's going to work with them and he's going to work with them, then who am I to ever cut that off and say, well, this is what you have to do and this is the standard you have to live by when God has not necessarily called them to that. So again, we're not talking about scriptural things here. Scriptural things are laid out, they're plain, uh, and, and they should be followed. But if the scripture is silent on it, why would I lay a burden on someone else's shoulder that I can't even bear myself? So mm. I, I would just challenge whoever's listening to this, think about that the next time. I, I, and I, I believe most of our listeners, probably the vast majority of them, are very good Christian, godly people who are honestly trying to do the right the right thing. But I found myself doing it before. I found myself being hard on others uh, and, and holding people to a standard that I couldn't live to myself. So I'm talking to myself as much as I am anyone else. And, and, and challenge yourself next time you have that thinking. Think about, is this something that Jesus Christ would require of them? And if it's not, why am I requiring it? That's good. It's a good spot to finish. Thank you all for uh, listening to the conversation here today between Mike and I. We enjoy doing these, and, and as we said at the beginning, uh, whether you listen to them or not, we will continue doing them. But <laughs> just because I love talking to Mike about this stuff, and, and I always leave these conversations learning more and yeah. uh, with little nuggets to, to dig too. out myself in the future. So thanks again for your time today, Mike, and uh, we'll see you all next time on the Hack a Convo, which is on the Hack a Podcast. Yeah.